0: You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing in real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets podcast. I am your host, Dana Nichols, here once again with my co-host, Chris Thompson. Hey, what's going on, Dana? It's good to see you, man. Good to see you, too. Had a great guest this week. Tell the listeners what we're talking about today, sir.
1: Okay, cool, man. Today, we brought in a great author. It's Gene Trowbridge. Gene's an attorney. He's a commercial investment senior instructor. Uh, you know, Gene sat down with me and uh, talked about some of the ins and outs of a few of the SEC securities laws and some of the things to expect when you're involved with you know, a real estate syndication. Yeah, He's extremely knowledgeable and very insightful. He's a good guy.
0: Yeah, this show is going to have a lot of good stuff in it. Can't wait to jump into it. But before we do, just going to want to give a quick shout out to all of our listeners. We really appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and written review. It really helps us grow the podcast, attract more guests, and ultimately promote- provide better information for everyone listening. If you're a passive investor or looking to get into passive investing, then head over to our website at twosmartassets.com. There you can grab our guide for passive investing in apartment syndications. Just a great introduction into the world of apartment syndications. So to make sure to check that out. Also grab our apartment syndication sample deal. This is going to help you get comfortable with looking at this type of investment. So when the real opportunities come your way, you'll be ready. If you have any questions about what's in either of these resources, drop us a line anytime on our website's contact us page, or you can message us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We're posting some great content on there. So make sure to follow us and start connecting. All right, let's jump into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Smart Assets podcast. I'm your host,
1: Chris, and today we have a very special guest. Today, our guest is Gene Trowbridge. As the founding partner of Trowbridge Law Group, LLP, Gene's law practice concentrates on the syndication of commercial and investment real estate through both debt and equity. So between Gene's individual syndication practice and and his firm's legal practice, the partners in the firm have written offerings for more than $5 billion in money raised. The median offering size is around $2.5 million. His practice writes offerings under Rule 506B and 506C of Regulation D and also Regulation A. As a former syndicator who for 10 years raised investor capital through the broker-dealer community, he is able to communicate with his clients on both technical and the practical aspects of the state and federal securities laws. As a long-time certified commercial investment member and a CCIM senior instructor. Now having attained senior emeritus status, Gene won numerous awards for his teaching ability. The book, It's a Whole New Business, is really a how-to manual on real estate syndication. Gene, sir, it's an honor to have you here. Welcome to the show.
2: Well, thank you, Chris. I've got one question before we start. Yes, sir. Are there two football teams in the state of Oklahoma or is there only
1: one? Uh, it depends on what kind of football you're talking about. We do not have NFL yet. No, I'm but talking we have, college. I'm sorry, we, I'm talking college. Y- yes, sir. We have the uh, the Oklahoma State <laughs> Cowboys and the Sooners, and I'm a Sooner. You're a
2: Sooner, huh? Well, <laughs> good is, for you. Yeah, that's Sooner all the way. That's exciting. Well, thanks for having me on, Chris. I'm out. I'm down here in Southern California, and uh, in the city of LA, we have USC Trojans and we have the UCLA Bruins yeah and then for professional football after not having professional football for 10 years we now have two teams the rams are back and the chargers moved up here so we have more football than anyone needs i mean it was <laughs> actually better when professional football wasn't here cuz we got like four games every every sunday we got we got games all over the place now if there's a home game there's blackouts and all that but that's yeah beside the point of syndication and crowdfunding, isn't it?
1: That's right. That's right. (laughs) Uh, It's funny. Well, Gene, you know, we're, we're honored to have you here on the show and your reputation and experience, you know, really speak for themselves. And, uh, you know, a few years back, uh, we attended a real estate guys event uh, that you were at and we really enjoyed it. And so, you know, it's really a pleasure and an opportunity to have you chat you know, with us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, so let's take a little bit of time and talk to me like a little bit about your background. Like, you know, you've held a number of different roles in this business. Tell us how you got in this business as a a syndicator and then as an attorney.
2: Well, I've I've had about three careers in my life. Uh, The first career coming out of college was as a commercial real estate broker and that was okay, but I really wanted to invest in real estate. So my second career was as a syndicator. And as a syndicator, uh, my concentration was really building uh, storage facilities here in, in Southern California. And then at some point, I had had enough of that. And uh, I decided that for my last 15 years of my career, I would become a lawyer. So at 45, I went to law school. That was twenty-seven years ago. So I've been I've been practicing securities law ever since with a with a focus on real estate. That's where I come from. I have done other offerings, but most of the time my firm is just doing, uh, doing real estate offerings. And that's, uh, that's exciting. Each part of my career has rounded me a little bit better. And in the middle of it, I spent 40 years teaching CCIM classes, which uh, uh, taught me a lot of patience, being an instructor. And yeah. it taught me to, uh, along with going to law school, which taught me that there's always two or three sides to every story, may be a better-rounded person. That's for sure. So, uh, I now have a nice law firm with. Uh, there's six of us, and very virtual from Nashville to uh, San Diego to San Francisco to LA and Orange County. We're all over the place, and uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, we were going to be virtual anyhow, so this covid hasn't affected uh, our practice very much but that's about
1: me cool yeah that's it's uh, pretty interesting it's uh Not super common that you hear about, you know, people going to going back to college that late in life and especially, you know, for for such a a high level degree. And and I I usually hear about lawyers, uh, attorneys, I guess, you know, you know that you went into college thinking you were going to do that. And so it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. Well, I
2: had attorney. I had attorneys at work for me when I said I was going to quit being a syndicator and go to law school. They said, that's ridiculous we want to give up being a lawyer and be a syndicator. And I said, well, have at it, you know, that's,
1: (laughs) and that's good. That's awesome. All right. Well, so today, you know, uh, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about, you know, securities law, and, uh, you know, just kind of a, a broad overview, or, you know, as much as we can, you know, in a, a 20 or 30 minute conversation here. But, you know, like we, we hear a lot of different terms, you know, syndication and securities. And, you know, I, I realize that there's a, a slight overlap, but I guess better define for our listeners, you know, the difference and in, in those two, at least in those sure. two terms, yeah.
2: I get a lot of what I call homework calls. Chris, people call me and say, well, you know, I'm thinking about doing a deal and and I want to talk to an attorney. I said, OK, so so here's what how the call goes. You know, I'm thinking of putting 10 to 15 people together but I, to buy a property, but I don't want it to be a syndication. Well, wrong question. A syndication is when two or more people get together and pool their money and their experience for some business purpose, like a couple of movie studios will syndicate the making of a movie. Uh, we kind of, although it's not really for business purpose, kind of syndicate every time we get on an airplane with 140 people. We pool our money and hire good uh, management and good equipment. And so there are all sorts of things we do in the world that are uh, syndications. The real question that the people are asking me is they want to do this, but they don't want it to be a security. A syndication is simply getting the people together to raise the money and do something. Securities is a a framework of laws. And what the securities laws tell you is when you sell those individual people, um, shares in an LLC or um, units in a limited partnership or shares in a corporation, you are actually not selling the real estate. You're selling a security. And the security is the ownership in the entity that owns the real estate. We do almost everything in LLCs. So the real estate uh, is owned by an LLC. The members invest in the LLC and buy interest in the LLC. And if there's a manager running everything, then it's a security the securities laws kind of boil down to four things. Is there an investment of money or, or value in a common enterprise? Is everyone trying to do the same thing? We're trying to buy that shopping center. Okay. Are we doing it because we think it's a profit? Not go fund me. You know, I haven't been to Hawaii this last year. If I started a GoFundMe page, you could send me money and I could go. That's great. But there's no business purpose there. There's no profit motive. That's certainly an investment of money in a common enterprise, but there's no profit. So it's not a security. So it's investment of money in the common enterprise with an expectation of profit through the results of the manager. The government has a vested interest in making sure that people who invest their money in some of these projects are protected from the activities of a renegade manager. And so the securities laws are really two laws. One says, Mr. Manager, we want full disclosure. You need to tell the investor everything there is to know that's material before they invest, so they can make an informed decision. Okay, That's why you have a private placement memorandum. How else are you going to prove that you told the investors everything? Okay, that's the first law. The second law is we need to be careful of who these renegade syndicators are. Uh, one law protects the disclosure of the documents, and the other law protects the public from The wrong, uh, the wrong people. Like my wife says, why would anyone invest with a guy whose last name was Made Off? Okay, so, (laughs) so, so though that's just as as simple as it is. And uh, if you were going to do three of the four things, you were going to invest money in a common enterprise with an expectation of profits, but you didn't have someone else running it. It was Chris, you and I, we're going to put our money together in an LLC to buy a property, and we're going to make all decisions unanimously. That's called member managed. That's not a security. There's no one passive. We're both active. But if you and I did that, and then we hired Dan, to be the manager, oh, and Dan is going to make the decisions, then you and I are passive. Dan's the manager, and that's going to throw us over into the world of securities. That
1: makes sense. Yeah. So these securities laws, these are designed to protect the investor. You they know, are, yes. You know, limit, limit their exposure to actual risk. Right. Well, to, to some degree. Uh, Awesome. Uh, What would you say like a a passive investor might need to know in terms of the securities law prior to an investment? Oh, I will tell
2: you, if I was doing a a presentation on the four questions, a passive investor would ask, you'd be surprised what they are. Okay, so I'm just quickly going to go through them. Don't invest until you get the answer to these four questions. And those of you who are out there being syndicators or sponsors Uh, You better kind of figure out how to answer these questions or you won't get any investors. Number one, Chris, I love your deal. I've got the $50,000 you're asking for. But Chris, if I give you my money, what happens if something happens to you?
1: Mm, Okay.
2: So the very first thing we have to do is, is find out, one, is there continuity? And maybe is there a team? And you'd sure. find all that out by reading the private placement memorandum and, and through my, my interaction with you before I started to invest. So when uh, if you came to me and wanted me to do your syndication documents for an offering, I simply would not do it if Chris was the managing member, period. I don't think it's right for the investors. I've, I've been around the block a few times. I've seen some don't work where there's an individual investor. It's not just that he dies. I mean, I had one guy hit his head on a rock skiing in Park City, and spend a year in traction, someone needed came out of quadriplegia Someone needed to run things. I've had people get nasty divorces, people get bank go bankrupt for totally unrelated reasons, and that has a big problem for the investors and we need to protect the investors so that's question number one number two. Chris, have you done this before? Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see in one of the exhibits to the private placement memorandum something about your track record. Sure. And uh, that's why it's so important to the syndicators who are listening is to get your first deal done. It doesn't have to be a big deal. doesn't have to be fancy. You just got to get it done. So when I say to Chris, Chris, have you done this before? Chris is going to say, hell yes, once. Okay? <laughs> that's all I care about. Okay. You've done it once, Okay. Uh, Not everyone is going to take a chance on someone who hasn't done this. However, a syndicator doing their first deal more than likely is going to raise money from people that know him, know her, and uh, whether it's their first deal or not, people are going to invest because of Chris, okay? And that's good, but you need to get over that and get into a track record. Third question. Chris, are you putting any money in this deal? You have a skin in the game? And that's two things. Number one, Chris, are you putting any money in? And number two, are you signing any loans? I could get away with you not putting any money in if you tell me you're signing on the mortgage because that's skin in the game, isn't it? Or vice versa, if we get a non-recourse loan, then maybe you should put some money in. So I think that that's an important, it's more of a marketing question, but that would be disclosed in the private placement memorandum. You would see what the sponsor is doing. And then the last question, Chris, is I'm gonna ask you, Chris, if something happens in my life In the next six or seven years while we're in this deal, Um, how do I get my money back? Mm -hmm. How does my family get my money back? Because they're going to need it. And Chris is going to say, well, in the operating agreement we have, uh, articles 11 and 12 talk about liquidity, the voluntary type of liquidity and the involuntary type of liquidity. And so we should really look at those. We should look at those. And uh, and see how they affect you. Now, that doesn't sound like I've been talking a lot about securities, but I have. Sure. I really have, you know, all the material facts you need to know. And that's fine. But probably from the securities law, the two things I'm most interested in today is making a determination of whether Chris goes out and advertises to find me as an investor. Some way, somehow, I get contacted by Chris, who I don't even know, and Chris has an opportunity he'd like to explain to me. How did that happen? Mm -hmm. Are there rules about that? Sure, there are. Or Chris and I are old buddies. We know each other pretty well. He knows my financial situation. He knows I'd be interested in, in an opportunity that he has because I can't do it myself. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I'm going to invest. I'm looking for someone to invest with. And then Chris can present the opportunity to me. So those are really the two the two securities laws we're working under. The one where I know Chris. He asks me to invest. That's a rule 506B. Or Chris has gone a different route in qualifying his offer, and he's you know, online, he's on Facebook, he's sending letters out, postcards, and he's attracting me to his offering, even though he doesn't know me. Now, those are both okay, but they have some other rules associated with them that uh, the sponsor should know about.
1: Awesome. I don't think I could have put that actually any better than that. It's kind of funny. It doesn't even seem like we're talking about securities but we're operating under just a handful of laws here. You know, you mentioned private placement memorandum, the PPM. You know, you have uh, experience with that. I have experience with that. And I realize, you know, that's really just a series of documents. It's not really just like one thing. It is one thing all-encompassing, I guess. But like, what, what are some of those documents that, as an investor, I should expect to see within Great.
2: that? The PPM really has a couple definitions. First of all, as you say, it could be the compilation of a disclosure statement that tells the story, uh, the operating agreement, which tells the rules, the subscription and offeree questionnaire that you fill out if you're a potential investor, Mm -hmm. and maybe exhibits like the business plan, the sponsor's bio and track record. Put it all together, I don't care if you staple it or put it in a three ring binder or put it on the web, it doesn't make any difference, call that the PPM. But if I break that down a little farther, The first document is the story. And this is how we work. You hire me, Chris, and uh, you pay your fee. I wait till the check clears. No, you pay your fee. And I have what's called a deal structure interview with you. And uh, the deal structure interview... It takes maybe 45 minutes to an hour with me and you on the phone, and I gather all the information that I'm going to need. And then the first thing I try to do is I try to write a document, the disclosure document, which is sometimes on its own called a PPM, um, that tells the story and I'll try to get that as close as I can, and I'll send that to you, and then you and I go through and edit and talk about, did I get the story right? Okay. Okay. So that's the requirement that you have in the securities laws is tell the investors – all the material facts, that comes out in the PPM and the story. Then, now that I have the story, I have to have a set of rules. How are we going to run this, these 30 people who've invested in this property, and there's a manager and there's banks? How are you going to run it? Well, in an LLC, that's called the operating agreement or the company agreement if you're from Texas. And uh, that just lays out everyone's responsibility. Uh, It explains what's happening. It says, how are you going to invest? What are the things you can vote on? What are the things you can't vote on? How's the money going to be split up when there's distribution? How's the manager going to get paid? It's all the real rules. The, the PPM itself, the story isn't any rules at all. You couldn't say the PPM on the PPM, you said this and you didn't do that. That's not it. It's the operating agreement that are the rules. Okay, And then the third document is, the description of how do you subscribe for this? It's really from an investor's point of view, my offer to you that I'd like to buy into the deal. And I've read the book, I've read the PPM, I've asked you questions, I understand. Um, Now I'm gonna tell you whether I'm accredited or not, give you some support for my position that I'd like to invest with you. And you make a decision whether you're gonna take me or not. And uh, uh, I send you my money. And there's probably some exhibits. I would think you'd have a property package. There'd be pictures of the property. There'd be information as how does the property run, uh, what's in the neighborhood, what's in the community. I've seen I've seen property packages 50, 60 pages long, and I've seen them three or four pages. They both work. It just depends on the type of the property and what what is there. Sure. And maybe the property package also includes some track record or bio stuff. So those are the documents you'd uh, you'd get.
1: Awesome. Um, <clears throat> I actually just had a couple more just small questions. I guess you know, as as new real estate syndicators, you know, what kind of legal services are, are must haves? And, and you know, maybe what are some questions that you know we should be asking our potential attorneys? You know, just Good. to see if. Just to see if like the, the needs of syndicator or the attorney align. You know,
2: right now I'm having is I'm broadcasting uh, once a week a series of interviews that I've done with uh, my syndicator clients. Some people I know who never wanted to be a syndicator, and those are interesting interviews. And some people who want to who are rookies. They're just getting they're just getting started. Um, and when I ask the people that are syndicators. Uh, what advice would you give to a rookie? It's always the same. I'm going to backstep a little bit. The reason you want to be a syndicator is you don't have enough money to buy all the real estate you want yourself. So you need to pool money from other people. Okay, fine. So now what advice can I give someone like that? And every one of them, every person says, you've got to build a team you cannot do this alone and well well who's part of a team well maybe um chris you're good at finding deals but maybe Your deals are so big that you're going to need a bigger balance sheet or a bigger credit, bigger credit worthiness to qualify for the loan. So let's go out and find someone with a with some net worth who wants to be in the real estate business. Uh, Maybe your Rolodex of investors isn't as as stealthy as you'd like it to be. Mm -hmm. So why don't you find someone to put in your team who has a Rolodex and has a bunch of people that that they can go to and raise money from And No one likes to write monthly reports. Reports. So maybe you find a property manager who's experienced at writing monthly reports and bring them. And, you know, two or three people in a team solves the continuity issue, makes your investors feel uh, uh, comfortable. Uh, one one um, syndicator, do you know who Kenny Wolf is?
1: No, sir, not a head.
2: Okay. Kenny was from Oklahoma. He lives in Plano, Texas now. He's reached the same thing. It was time to go and buy bigger, so he needed a team. And he wanted to buy a big enough property that he could hire professional property management. So he looked like he was a player. So his first offering, I think, was 73 units. Well, he didn't have enough money to buy the 73 unit project himself. So he went out and got a team. Uh, he got a, a CPA and he got a money raiser and he's the property manager. And I think they've, they've done 24 deals with me now in uh, six years.
1: Wow, wow, thank you. Um... <clears throat> You know, Gene, I uh, really appreciate you being on here. Uh, I I feel like there's so much more that we could cover, but with just such limited time, I don't really know where there's a real good place to end.
2: Well, let's end here, but let me volunteer, and I do this a lot with podcasts, if uh, sometime in the future, I don't know what you're your schedule of playing this is, but at some time in the future, you think your audience would be interested in hearing again, I have four or five uh, really good individual topics that would take this 20 or 30 minutes and really get in depth and provide some good information. So if you want Um, Ask me back. I'd be happy to do it.
1: Yeah, that would be excellent. I'll uh, I'll definitely uh, send you an email and uh, get that hooked up so we can provide as much value to as many people as we possibly can. Let's do that. Well, uh, you know, before we leave today, you know, I'd really love to shine a spotlight on you and give you a moment. Tell us anything and everything that you'd like to share with us. What do you got going on, man? Well, the
2: website Group.com has a lot of information. What we're doing right now is we're running a series of, it's called TLG Talks, where every Thursday at noon California time, we broadcast uh, one of these interviews I've done. there about a half an hour. Uh, I broadcast these uh, interviews. That's interesting. Then we, we just finished a, a series of Presentations with my partner John, Jonathan and I, and we call it TBD TLG to be determined. It's um, noon on Thursdays when we're not doing the interviews, and about ten minutes ahead of time, we get together and we talk about what have clients asked us about this week. What's a current current question? And so the topic is always to be determined, sure. and we go and talk about that. So those are good. Another thing I'm doing now is we just completed today our second one. I have a rookie camp, and a rookie camp is an online class. It's usually Tuesday and Thursday from 9 to noon, uh, California time, and uh, virtual, uh, three hours a day, $395 for the full the full six hours. And uh, you can't sign up if you've been a syndicator.
1: Oh, awesome.
2: Uh, it's like rookie camp. Rookies are going man. to, we're going to have, uh, as we go on and get more and more of these rookies, we're going to have a, um, a rookie, not mastermind, but some sort of a rookie group where we can all talk about how we're doing. And, and uh, that's on our website. It's the top part of our, our website to sign up. We just finished one today. So, I think it'll be till next. Well, I don't know when you're going to broadcast this, but anyhow, it'll be on our uh, the front page of our website, Rookie Camp. And once again, I really don't want anyone who's got good experiences or bad experience being a syndicator. I just want people who are rookies. And uh, we have 15 people. I just like this. You raise your hand. I call on you. You ask your questions. Very, very interactive And uh, very, very exciting. That's probably the most exciting thing I do. Over my days here of bringing in business, I've been in education-based marketing all my life, Chris. What you're doing right now, education-based marketing. Um, Once I became a syndicator, I always tried to have a ratio of two deals that come from existing clients for every one deal that comes from a new client. And I really work on building the new clients because I'm a mentor to some degree and it makes me feel good. This great business to be in. It's been good to me, good to a lot of people. I know it's been, it's a great business. And to think of all the investors, that a syndicator can help because investors are out there. They've got their jobs. They've got their life. They don't have enough money to buy anything on their own. They don't really understand it. So they need a Chris. They need a Dan to uh, to take and uh, manage their money. I had one investor who owned a string of uh, dry cleaning shops, worked his butt off, invested $3 million with me, $300,000 10 times in projects where I built storage facilities. Didn't know a thing about it, but he knew me. And uh, that in itself is a problem. Do you feel comfortable uh, being in charge of someone's $3 million? And that's a topic for another day.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think if that doesn't get you a little bit nervous, I think uh, you might be in the wrong business.
2: <laughs> so the best way to get me probably directly is just email Probridgelawgroup.com.
1: Awesome. Man, Gene, you've been uh, completely invaluable to me today. Um, I'm sure our, all of our listeners are going to get a lot from this. We have that book. I love it. Gene Tribridge. it's a whole new business. We'll uh, we'll even put a link in there. Available
2: for, on Amazon.
1: We'll drop that link in there for yep. sure. Yep,
2: available so, on maybe. Amazon. If I sell two more of them, I can retire. Well,
1: <laughs> sounds like you got it made. Uh, Gene, I really appreciate your time. <laughs> uh, we look up to you. and Thanks, uh, Chris. I hope, to, I hope to keep in touch. I will definitely definitely invite you back on. We can uh, hash out more of this stuff, uh, more in depth. Uh, I think everybody's going to yeah. love that. So. We'll
2: pick We'll pick a, a real topic, and we'll drive down in it over 20 minutes. It'll be great. Thank you, Chris. Thank Go you. Go Sooners. Man. Boomer Sooner. That's right. <laughs> you have a good day, sir. Boomer Sooner. Take care. Bye.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.